Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, refine your gifting, and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Well, welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God and change the world. And today I have a very good friend and also a very profound person, Margaret Nagib. Did I get it close? You did. You She's did like, great. do you want to know the Egyptian pronunciation? I'm like, no, I'm still trying to <laughs> just know the American. the American translation. And she is a clinical psychologist. I learned there's a difference. And she's an author and speaker and specializes in Christian counseling and inner healing. Yeah. So welcome Thank to the you. Cultural Catalyst show. Thank you so much. You have helped my family tremendously. Mm. We got you on speed dial. <laughs> Pretty much. We have our psychologists on speed dial, so we thought we should have the doctor on here. Mm-hmm. So, hey, before we talk too much about clinical psychology, let's talk a little bit about your story. So, yeah. like, where are you from? I know your, your parents are from Egypt. Is, yeah. Uh, how'd you meet the Lord? So I grew up, I was born and raised in the suburbs of New York City, the child to immigrant from Egypt. And I was so blessed to grow up in a rich Christian heritage. So sometimes people want to know, were your parents Muslim? Like, no, Christianity goes all the way back. Wow. And pastors. To Moses. All the way. Well, not me, to the disciples. (laughs) Yeah, to the disciples. disciples. And, um. (laughs) And I knew from a young, so I knew the Lord from a young age. And I also knew from a young age that I wanted to be a counselor. Wow. Like pre-teens, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. Are your parents counselors or is there somebody? Uh, No, never had an experience with a counselor. Never. I think it was my personality. I was more shy, reserved, watched people, was super curious about people. Wow. So high school, college, pursued psychology, and then uh, moved to Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago, to go get my doctorate. Get some alphabet soup behind my name. And uh, went to a school that was a Christian school that specialized in the integration of faith and psychology. Because I knew that... What what Christian school did you go to that I went to Wheaton. Wheaton College. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing college. So the doctorate was part theology and part um, psychology so that we could integrate the two. That's amazing. I actually had a student whose uncle or grandfather was one of the founders of Wheaton College and her like grandfather after that was like one of the key I don't know what he was like Chandler or something that's awesome yeah Yeah. that college has a great reputation you know Billy Graham went to Wheaton College well I mean Chris Valentin went to Bethel (laughs) School Ministry so but you know I don't like to brag that's right you know the church has been pretty uh not very well versed really in emotional health like when we think of church counseling, we typically think of spiritual health. And I, I understand we are stereotyping because that's not completely true. Mm-hmm. But um, how have you seen inner healing, deliverance, you know, inner healing and deliverance benefit the effectiveness, effectiveness of psychotherapy? Or ha- are you merging those in your own? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Because, you know, I think for most people, it's like, okay, you go to the deliverance inner healing person. Yeah. And if they don't help you, you come yeah. over, there's the, you know, you come to the. You come to the. Yeah, psychotherapist, right? Uh, the yeah. clinical psychologist or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. are you merging those? First of all, let me ask you the question, because I actually don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. Uh, are you merging those? And then secondly, how are you merging those? Yeah. So God threw me into the best of psychology. You're, you're going to love this, actually. Okay, I'm so going to. My school is kind of known as the Harvard of Christian schools, Wheaton. Yes. And that's where I got really good training in yeah. psychology yes. and Christianity. And then about 10 years into my work as a therapist, I kind of went through this sense of like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Uh, God gave me Ephesians 118, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And I was like, okay, I'm not seeing that power. And then I had a Holy Spirit encounter that rocked my world and led me to Sozo. It's Oof. a long story, but I'm trying to shorten it. It led me to Sozo. And then he threw me in. I heard some Sozo training. And then someone walked into my office and he said, do that with her. She had a severe eating disorder. I literally listened to the tapes, made some cheat sheets. And here we went. But you were also, you were already trained. I was already trained in, in psychology. In, in psychology. I had worked with her for several years with her eating disorder. She had gotten a measure of healing. And we came out of that session and she was completely healed of her eating disorder. Wow. And I was undone. And I was like, okay, God, you, I did not learn this in school, even though I was trained by the best in Christian psychology. And he brought me to First Thessalonians 5 and he began training me in body, soul, spirit. And then within months, he had me go to BSSM. And this is the part you're going to love. You are a this, former this student. This is what you're going to love as one of the founders of BSSM. He said, I brought you to the Harvard for, of, Christ, of Christian schools for psychology, but now I need you to go to the Harvard of the spirit to learn more of, about the spirit. That's uh, BSSM. <laughs> you can go to Bethel.com and join BSSM online. That's I didn't right. ask you to do that right here. Come on. You got to give it to me. There it is right there. So if you want to go to the Bethel of the Spirit or the Harvard of the Spirit, you go to Bethel. There you go, them. right there. So it was there that he began to unpack even more as I learned more wow. about Sozo and Body, Soul, Spirit and and watching people who didn't have any psychological background, you know, seeing the same kind of healing. But honestly, it was that point that God showed me what was missing in my psychology, even in my Christian psychology. I was in the prayer house one day and I was you know, talking to him like, God, what? I didn't learn this in Christian psychology. What happened? And he said, Margaret, this is a little hard to hear. He said, you talk a lot about me in your Christian psychology, but you don't have your clients talk to me. And what inner healing does is it's very psychologically based, actually. If you look at so-so, it's very psychologically based. But it's all about bringing the client to the Lord and letting God do the work. So 1 Thessalonians 5 you know, I pray the God of peace sanctify you through and through, body, soul, spirit, and he will do it. And he showed me that that was what I was missing in my psychology. Wow. Because all of psychology is about being clinical and ethical and competent, right? Because totally. you're going to heal this person. Yeah. And there's a measure of healing that comes through the soul. But now he wanted to show me that if I partner with him and psychology, there's nothing that can't be healed. And I've literally seen multiple diagnoses that psychology would say are never going to be healed. You just have to manage it yeah. completely healed. Wow. And so it changed. It, it, 
it brought me to this next level of this word that I got over my life years ago, which is you're going to be a bridge. And so it's this bridge between psychology and faith, bringing psychology to the church, bringing God to psychology and kind of that interplay between the two. You know, it's, um, I think it's interesting and you probably, because you were in school, you probably have heard me say something like this. Yeah, totally. That, you know, at, um, in the book of Acts, when the man at the gate, beautiful, got healed. Yeah. He walked, he leaped, and he praised God. Yeah. And the very next verse says, and when they saw him walking and praising God. Yes. And they leave out leaping. Interesting. Which he walked, he got physically healed. He leaped, he got emotionally healed. He praised God, he got spiritually healed. Yeah. But the church has notoriously, in my opinion, it now, the church the, that I was a part of, mm-hmm. like the movements mm-hmm. I was a part of, mm-hmm. notoriously... We, we minister, we, we know there's something about the body. So mm-hmm. there's all these programs mm-hmm. and, and uh, conversations a lot about what you eat, how much you sleep, da-da-da, which are important, of course. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we know a lot about, well, there's demons, you know, that affect you and infect you. And, mm-hmm. and there's another dimension that, you, you know, even your spirit. Mm-hmm. But we often, I'd say the church often ignores the, the soul. Or even thinks it's bad in some circles, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to oppress the soul. Like, right. like emotion is something not to be, you know, not to be proud of. Uh, uh, there's probably a better word to to suppress, yes. right? Yes, yes. And so, how are you seeing? And obviously, we're off script, but how are you seeing the church come back to this tri- tri-dimensional being? Mm-hmm. And how are you seeing that help people get whole and well and happy? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing about that word soul, right? And it's biblical. So when mm. people want to f- fight with me about it, I can say, well, let's look at, let's look at First Thessalonians. Let, let's look at that word soul. And it's the word psyche. Psyche. Which is where we get psychology, mind, will, and emotions. That's what psychology is. It's yeah. the study of the mind, the will, and the emotions and the interplay of the three. So psychological health at its simplest form is integrity between what you think, feel, and do. So why is this important Oof. to the church? Because... The soul is the mediator between the spiritual realm and the physical realm, right? So Oof. I use the attention of my soul to turn my attention to my body or the physical senses, and that's how I connect with the material. But I also use faith and discernment, and I turn my mind towards spiritual things in order to receive from the spirit. So if the spirit is the medi- mediator between body and spirit, if, if, the, if soul. the soul is a mediator, then if the soul's not healthy... Yep. then that channel that's bringing in the communication yeah. from spirit and from body, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the health of the body and it's going to affect the health of your spirit. So the church needs to get the soul healthy yeah. so that we can be fully whole. Now, you know that soul means psyche, right? Yeah. But there's actually a secondary meaning to that word in the Greek. The secondary meaning for psyche is butterfly, which is the universal symbol of what? Wow. Transformation. Transformation. Okay. So think about it. If whenever God takes us to the next level of spiritual transformation, and I'm not talking growth. Growth is the fun part. Growth is yeah. when you cross the chicken line yeah. and you go pray for someone for healing, yeah. you know, in McDonald's yeah. and like it boosts you. Yeah. Transformation is something that you don't ask for. It comes upon you and it, initially it's going to be painful. Yes, it is. Right? Why? Yeah. Because he's dismantling the soul. So psyche, butterfly, the soul becomes the chrysalis. It becomes the cocoon. Oh, yeah. 
in which God comes, begins to do his wow. work so that we emerge in a higher level in our ability to connect with him spiritually and show up in this world. So it all starts when he brings us to a, high, a higher level. It always starts with the dark night of the soul. Oof. It's like Romans 12 about the don't be conformed, but be transformed. And then that word there's metamorphosis. We know mm-hmm. that word's metamorphosis. Yeah. Kind of connects directly to what you're saying. There you go. Butterfly. And yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, Jay taught me this, but, you know, Jay was helping this gal. He had worked with her for a year. Mm-hmm. And one day he was in his office, probably like all of us, like, can't help this girl. Like, what do I doing? What am I doing with this, you know, girl? Mm-hmm. How, it's frustrating to not help her. And it's also frustrating that she's in pain. Mm-hmm. And he prayed for her. You may have heard the story. And the Lord said to her, ask her, ask her to ask her soul what's wrong with her. Hmm. And he, he was telling me this over the phone. Like, he's like, Dad, I just had this encounter. And I'm like, oh, isn't it interesting? I just read the psalm where David said, Why so downcast? My soul, why are you so yes. downcast? And David actually talked to his soul. Well, Jay didn't know that scripture. Yeah. But he had her talk to her soul. Yep. And her soul told her some things. Yes. She goes, my soul's telling me this and this and this. So he goes, well, let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. And that 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 gal, she got completely free. Mm-hmm. And so there, there, there's another great example of, of the, you know, the, the synergistic tridimensional part of humanity mm-hmm. when you're trying to just deal with two parts and you miss the third part, mm-hmm. whether it's the spirit in the secular counseling or whether it's the soul in, in Christian counseling. Absolutely. Or it's just our bias. It's what was nurtured the most. So yeah. for me, what was nurtured my whole life was my soul, and I needed to be thrown into the spiritual <laughs> realm a little bit. <laughs> fun, you know, to build that up. And so sometimes people come to me, and they're very well-versed in spiritual things, and they're like, hey, I think she has a demon. Can you do a sozo? And five minutes in, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't, so, this isn't that. This is like she's got some depression, and we can do this and this and that. And sometimes it's the opposite, like with that first client that I yeah. sozoed, where – she had an eating disorder. We were doing all the right things. But ultimately, God said to ask her. This is the question God asked. So um, Jason directed her to the soul. God said, ask her to ask me what the eating disorder looks like to me, God. So she sat there, and she's pretty calm. And she said, okay, Father God, what does the eating disorder look like to you? And he showed her a demon. And it was like someone turned on a horror movie in her wow. head. Now, you know as well as I do not every disorder is connected no, to a spirit. Not. But for her, the missing link was the spirit that was coming mm-hmm. against her. You know, like the woman in Luke 13 who was crippled by a spirit. Yeah, So exactly. if she walked into a doctor today, the doctor would say, oh, yeah, you know, your spine, blah, 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 blah. When in actuality, it was a spirit coming against her. Yeah, it was rooted in the spirit, That's even right. though it might have manifested in some other That's dimension right. of her being, right? right. Yeah. It's, you know, um, I, I grieve for our culture right now mm-hmm. because we have, you know, we've got this transgendering of children, but it, it, you, you know, I mean, I know it's being politicized and maybe there's a part of it that should be from the standpoint that there are policies that are around that, mm-hmm. but there's so much, I mean, gender dysphoria and people struggling with their identity mm-hmm. down to the place that they're actually you know, when, I, when someone said you're struggling with identity 40 years ago when I was a kid, we're like, you don't know if you're going to be a baseball player or a race car driver, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you don't know if you want to marry or you don't want to marry, right. you know? Now we're talking about am I a boy or am I a girl mm-hmm. or am I, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to leave the political part aside completely yeah. and just yeah. say, you know, 
we, we live in a society that is seems, at least in some portions, to be growing sadder, and the suicide rate is growing mm-hmm. exponentially. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is we're off script, but how, how are you like as a clinical psychologist, yeah. and also a very prophetic person? Like, how are you viewing, like, this is your world that you deal with. It's my world. Like, it touches my world, yeah. but this is the world you're, these are the people yeah. sitting in your office. Yeah, yeah. So we know, and there's research to back this up, now more than ever, there's more stress in this world. Yeah. And it's a different kind of stress. Mm-hmm. So because it's a different kind of stress, we need new, we need new skills, we, we can't, we ju- can't just manufacture them. We're still trying to figure out. We're still trying to catch up with the skills that we need for today. Yeah. So here's what God has directed me to do, you know, like to be smart about it. Yeah. Because in this world, we love to grab onto labels and then, okay, I know I'm going to try to figure it out. Yeah. And what he has told me, and this actually started during COVID, he said, um, qu- quarantine your thoughts and go bottom up, not top down. So start with what they're telling you they need. So I'm not seeing whatever, you know, the thing that's like gender dysphoria or this or that. How do you feel? How do you want to feel? Well, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm whatever. And he's saying start from the bottom up. Got it. Because I will sanctify you through and through body, soul, spirit, and I will do it. And so I get people out of their heads so that God can just do what he wants to do. And then we get to see what happens with that. But for me... I have to stay out of that because the minute I'm in that, now I'm in your head and your idea about something. And now we're talking about ideas and now we're in an analytical mode and you actually can't access God when you're in analytical mode. It's a different brain wave state when you're in anxious analytical mode instead of the brain wave state that we're in when we're having an encounter with God. So what I have to do is get people out of their heads so they can come to that really kind of base mm-hmm. level. And then I just let God do what he wants to do. Totally. And if he wants to show up and talk to them about whatever, X, Y, Z, he yeah. will. And I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then it's God telling them. It's God Depression, talking suicide, to them. Then my theology talking to them. Yeah. And it's the most powerful form of transformation. Because literally, if there's a veil, God's going to remove it. I'm just bringing them into the presence and having that direct correlation, and I have a little skills to guide them, yeah. and then God removes the veil that needs to be removed. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're also not having to worry about, like, are you doing this kind of therapy? Right, right. Because right. The, the Lord just does whatever he wants with them. Right. That's beautiful. How do people, you know, maintain their victory? I've had two nervous breakdowns in my life. Mm-hmm. The first one lasted three and a half years, mm-hmm. super high anxiety, panic attacks mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. uh, you know, terrified of the night, really. Mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. kind of stay busy during the day and stay, you know, kind of out of my head. But as soon as nightfall happened and activity stopped, mm-hmm. what was going on inside of there became so real mm-hmm. to me and mm-hmm. scary, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I found that it took me three and a half years to get free, mm-hmm. but the last year of that was learning how to stay free because I could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. free for a week or two mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have real peace. And then it would mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. What yeah. are you, what are you seeing with your, in your practice and with people? How do people stay free? Are you yeah. seeing that too, where people get a victory with you? And then a couple months later, they're, they're kind of, they, some of them are back to their old, mm-hmm. what's it take to mm-hmm. stay free to maintain your victory? Yeah. I, I would almost reframe that okay. as it's wholeness is a process and there's pieces of it. And so okay. you might have gotten a piece of it 
and you thought, I'm good, I'm done. And it was like, yeah, you were good in here. And then there was another piece. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't that you lost your victory. It was that there was another piece now Mm. to kind of uncover and get stronger in so that you can have the whole thing. But I know that in our stream, we use that language a lot, you know, the victory. And, and for me, it's kind of a trick question as a therapist, because if I go down that road with you, I'm reinforcing this idea that you can lose it. So actually, if you came to me and you just said, Margaret, I don't know, how can I hold on to my victory? I would say, what happens when you have that thought? I got to hold on to my victory. Well, I get anxious and I wonder if this and what's going to happen tomorrow. And And I go, okay, can you see how that thought is creating that? And what would your life be like without that thought? Well, I guess I wouldn't even think about it. All right. So sometimes it's not so, we have to so be that idea of holding every thought captive. Like in my mind, that the real problem is that thought and not necessarily this idea of holding your victory because it's always a process. God's doing it. And if you come, there's no, we used to say in eating disorder work, there are no relapses. There's only opportunities to learn. There's another thing you haven't learned yet. You haven't grown in yet. So he's just, it's getting fuller and fuller. That's powerful. I could see how I need to change my own language mm-hmm. as I articulate mm-hmm. my own yeah. my my own journey. Yeah, it's not a battle. It, it's not it, a battle. That yeah, you, yeah, it's like it's a little bit like I, uh, Edison's, you know, a thousand steps to developing the light bulb, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like yeah, yeah. I, I had some failures in there that created a, a new step. There you go. A new way to there learn. Yeah, it's just an opportunity to learn. Inner healing. Mm-hmm. How's it impacting your own life? You don't so, have to answer that. I mean, I, I'm yeah, not no, like I mean, I have had a lot. So it started with psychology first, you know. So I told you I left. You know, I was 22 when I left New York. It was the first time I was away from home to go to grad school to be a psychologist. And three months into my time, my mom is killed in a armed robbery. And here I am learning well, to be a psychologist. She was killed in an armed robbery. Wow. And so here I am in psychology school. And oh I have this, goodness. this like, and the crazy thing was God gave me a premonition that something bad was oh. going to happen. So it was this dual thing of my mom just was killed. Who does that happen to? That's like something you see on the news, totally. right? To someone and else. this fact that I had been praying about her safety for three months because I would wake up with wow. this anxiety about safety crazy. in my mom. Right. So it started with the people around me who happened to be psychologists. Thank you, Jesus. And I started some therapy. And so it was through psychology and through the church that I kind of had come through that. But then it was. But did you get depressed or anxious or scared when that happened? Your mom? Oh, it was a. I was. It was a crisis of faith. It was a crisis. Oh, faith. It it was a crisis of faith because he had shown me something was going to happen. Three days before she died, I prayed and I released it to the Lord. I'm like, God, this is crazy. You know the plans I have for me. You know the plans I have for your for my mom. I release it. And then when I came back and I drove by the coffee shop where I wrote that prayer to God and threw it away, it all hit me. And I had this image of being in a burning building and being stuck and Jesus saying, jump, jump, jump. I'll save you. I'll save you. And when I jumped, he just ripped that thing away and let it fall. So that was the first crisis of faith where I was like, prayer? I don't know what that means. God knowing the plans he has for my mom and prospering her? I don't know what that means. And so I had to work through that. And he used psychology to help me work through that. And he 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 did that unraveling right of my ideas about him and my ideas about you know we're promised you know 
yes. sunshine and butterflies, yeah. right? But then later it was another level where when, when inner healing came in, it was because I was now wanting more. It wasn't enough. There's something missing. There's something missing. And for me, it was the person of the Holy Spirit. I didn't really know the person of the Holy Spirit. If you had asked me, tell me about Holy Spirit, I would have said, he is there to um, create in me a clean heart. You know, search me, find me, tell me what I'm doing wrong, Holy Spirit, so I can make it right. And so I had some wounds with my mom that I had to heal because I wow. experienced her as critical. And so Holy Spirit was critical. Holy Spirit was just there to point out my sins so that I could make it right. Wow. So inner healing helped me see, ah, it's because of how you experienced mom, forgiving mom for that, so that now I could experience Holy Spirit as comforter, nurture, teacher, guide, and have him mother me, right, in the ways that my mom didn't wow. didn't. I don't know. She was an immigrant mom, so she was tough. And, you know, her, her daughter was a different personality than her. Her daughter's like meek and mild. And she's like, oh, you are not going to survive. <laughs> you know, so she she was trying to help me. And, many, and, it, yes, and in many ways, you know, I needed that. But as kind of this more sensitive soul, I just experienced that. It's like, oh, right. Wow. So inner healing, Sozo helped me. The first thing God went after in my own kind of inner healing and Sozo was Holy Spirit and my mom's death. It's really beautiful. Um, I have a question that isn't on here. Okay. It's not on my list. There's a lot of people listening, and I would have been one of these, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. How do you know when you need to go see a psychologist? I mean, it's Ooh, kind of a loaded question. That's but such a I great mean, question. Everybody has issues. You know, everybody yeah. has problems. You know, and like, yeah. you went to a psychologist every time you had an issue, you, mm-hmm. you'd have a continual, mm-hmm. it would be nonstop because mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. is just, it can be painful. Mm-hmm. How, how do you know when you, it's like, you you actually, you're going to either speed up your healing process or you're you're going to get healed and not be healed if you sit over here and don't see a professional. Mm-hmm. Like every, mm-hmm. all of us have friends, most of us have friends to talk to mm-hmm. that can give us some great feedback. When do I need a psychologist? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys feel like a specialist, right? You feel, mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I keep wrong, but you feel like a specialist. It feels like there's mm-hmm. a certain time in your life where mm-hmm. you got, it's like a doctor, like you, you cut your hand, you're, you're probably not going to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Gets mm-hmm. infected, you're like, maybe I'm going to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when do we go see a psychologist? Well, the obvious is when you're in crisis. Okay. You know, nervous breakdown would be a good time yeah. to go see a psychologist. Yeah, that would have been a good right? idea for me, right? <laughs> Probably might have helped you get there faster. Way faster. Right? So I would definitely say, we all know when you're in a crisis, go see a psychologist. Okay. But if you've been experiencing, let's say, depression and anxiety, and it's starting to affect your daily living in some way, you know, it's it. affecting work or it's affecting your health or your relationships that's really when you want to go seek a professional, Mm -hmm. right? If you're managing it and you're talking to people and that's helping you, but when it's not helping you and it's continuing and now it's really beginning to affect you, I would say definitely you want to see someone at that point. Does a psychologist, and I don't know the answer to this question, does a psychologist help you in marital problems or do I go see a marriage counselor? Is there a specialist in that in that area? So you want to ask the psychologist, right? I've been a psychologist for so long. I do a lot of things. Right. Yeah. Including marital. Most of your good therapists will do marital and individual kind mm-hmm. of because those are basics. Everyone. There's a lot of married people out there. Yeah, there are. Right. So a lot of therapists do marital as well as individual work. But you want to ask the person, like, is this something that you do? Um, 
that's a good question too for marital. It's the same thing with marital. If you've been stuck in a cycle and you're doing you're doing everything you know how to do and you're talking to people and you're getting support and you're still not breaking free, then that's really helpful to have a psychologist or a therapist because they're objective. Yeah. And they can maybe give you some tools that you don't have otherwise. That's awesome. Yeah. If you're going to a psychologist for a long period of time, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what a long period of time is, yeah. but I'm not talking about a month or two. I'm talking about yeah. maybe a year or two or three. Okay. And, and the pattern in your life continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, would you say, like, find another doctor, so to speak? Or, yeah, that's so I, I know hard it's a broad that. question, but yeah. I mean, these are questions people ask. Like, I've been yeah. seeing... Or in our, our, they talk to me and I'm like, that my psychologist, like you've actually taken ownership of that person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I've been seeing him for four years. I'm like four years, you've seen a psychologist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, from a layman's perspective, I'm like if I took my car back to the same mechanic for four mm-hmm. years, probably won't change mechanics. So there's different goals for therapy. Okay. Sometimes you come with a very specific goal. You're, you're done. You leave. Other people see therapy kind of like a personal trainer. I don't uh-huh. need to see a personal trainer, but boy, oh boy, I work a lot harder and I get a lot further when I do see my personal trainer. Got so it. I do, I have a few clients that like see therapy as having a personal trainer or a spiritual director. And so they're, they're very committed and wanting to grow. They got the money, they got the time. And so they do it. But if you've gone for a specific problem and you've seen someone for a while and you've talked to them about, Hey, I really would like more of this, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Then yeah, it may be time to get in a second opinion because that therapist might be missing something or might not be trained in something. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, for example, right now I do a lot of nervous system work with people. And there are some therapists that just haven't caught on that yet. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's the magic thing that that heals it for people. Yeah. So I would say if you feel like you're not getting further, talk to them first and then just find someone else and see see if that doesn't help shift things for you. Sometimes hard to find. It is. You know, it like yeah. I don't say good because that that feels unfair, but the yeah. right the right person yeah. Yeah. for what you're experiencing, mm-hmm. yeah, to kind of get another yeah. opinion. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times people end up at my door and God brought them there, and there's no way they would have heard about me. So I've learned like really trust the Lord, trust where He'll guide you. Sometimes He guides me to a book. Sometimes He guides me to right a person or a sermon. So if you're if you're thinking about it and you have the access, just try it. You have nothing to lose to go meet with someone and see what it's like for you. I got, I have one more question. Okay. Non-Christian counselor, would you send a Christian to a non-Christian therapist, psychologist? Okay, this is controversial, but I tell this I tell well, this to I'm people. I'm asking you. You ready? You got it. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, I think I am. Um, I would rather have you go to a really really good secular therapist than no one at all or than a mediocre Christian therapist. And it really depends on what you have. People come to me and their kids got ADHD and they're like, I have to have a Christian counselor. I'm like, no, you don't have to have a Christian counselor. You just need a counselor who's good at ADHD. That's like going to a heart doctor, got it. you know, and saying you have to have a Christian heart doctor. Well, no, you don't. But if this is an existential issue, you know, if it's a spiritual issue, then sure, you probably need to either see someone who's a Christian psychologist or at least have that resource, you know, so I'm meeting with Chris, you know, for this piece, but then I've got my, my secular psychologist who's helping me with the basics of emotional regulation, my nervous system, my thoughts. That's so good. Okay. This has been such a great interview. Yeah, so I went off script because those are questions people ask me mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have my opinion about, about those things, uh-huh. but it's good to have an opinion if somebody actually knows what they're talking about. Oh. Okay. 
do, how do people get in touch with you? Like, I have no, do you want them to get in touch? You have a book. What's the name of your book? The name of my book is Souls Like Stars. Say it um, again. Souls Like Stars. Okay. It's based on um, when we come into the presence of the Lord, the veil is removed and we shine. So uh, I'm, I'm, forget, I'm forgetting the tagline of my own book right I now. I do it all the time. <laughs> Chris. It, is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon, and it basically takes you through some of the basic tools of psychology through an inner healing modality. So it's integrating the two so that when you go through it, you're encountering God as you're learning psychological principles. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's Margaret, and her last name is spelled N-A-G-I-B. Yeah. So you get on Amazon. You can just get yeah. on Amazon, put in Dr. Yeah. Margaret Nagib. Yeah. Okay. And then Instagram. I, I'm very active on Instagram. You, okay. Right. And then the, the um, my website, if you want to work with me, is thedunamisproject.org. But you can also contact me through Instagram, probably easier okay. for people. Okay, yeah, I think you should spell it. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll put it in, let's yeah. put it in the comment line for Can we edit that'd all be the best. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the Cultural Catalyst show. Yeah. You're super interesting. You've helped my family so much. I've told you that over and over. Yeah. Send you people all the time. You do. Thank you. Love the interview. Thank God you. bless. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.